Drew Rim. It's still loose. Luka got it back. He did it. He did it. An improbable comeback by Dallas to tie it with one second left. It's unbelievable. It is a miracle. It's over. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And... This episode is a special episode, obviously, dedicated to Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, this is after watching an insane, insane game that I'm sure by, obviously by now, it's been a couple of days now, you know, everyone knows about the the historic night that Luka Doncic had a couple of nights ago playing against the New York Knicks, um, you know, this episode was originally going to be about the Memphis Grizzlies losing an awful game to the Suns, who didn't even have Devin Booker. Uh, but then, you know, the Mavs-Knicks game happened, and then you get the Luka alerts, uh, you know, snowballing as you're, as you, you know, on your phone, you get all the alerts, and then I quickly decided to just digest the game, and then, you know, take a couple of notes, and then see what I can do as far as my next episode, and so here it is. The Luka Doncic episode, uh, also a Dallas Mavericks episode. Um, I feel like I haven't been giving this team uh, the a lot of love on this pod, um, you know. And in fairness, you know, they haven't been great this year, despite the carry job and the one-man show that is Luka Doncic. Um, and I understand why some people are turned off by the way the Mavs, you know, the way the Mavs games just play out every night. Uh, it's just give the ball to Luka and let him figure out the game. Very much like we saw from James Harden in Houston, but... Unlike James Harden, though, right, Luka Doncic has shown up when it's time to do so, more so than James Harden, and, he, and he's just so young as well, right, like, Luka's only 23 years old, and there he was Tuesday night, 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, you know, it's not news at this point, right? You guys are probably exhausted about hearing that. Um, you know, by now it's obviously old news, but it does deserve to be talked about on this pod. And I do want to add some things to this, right? This isn't ju- this isn't going to be the episode just talking about how amazing that performance was, um, because obviously, you know, that 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 was very heavily milked <laughs> by everybody uh, in the sports world, right? But uh, you know, Luca's averaging right now thirty three point six points per game. 8.7 rebounds, 8.8 assists. And it's moments like that night against the Knicks that the voters that, you know, the, the ones that make the votes for MVP, they're going to revisit towards the end of the year. You know, it's moments like these that they're going to revisit at the end of the year when deciding who should win the MVP, right? And and this performance by Luka, obviously, as you already know, it was the first ever 60-20-10 and 10 game in NBA history, right? Something that, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, who who basically holds every record known to man, wasn't even able to do that. And so here's a more, here not a more, but here's another insane historic stat that went out on Twitter. Uh, this is Tim McMahon of ESPN, right? And this is what it reads. NBA teams were 0 and 13,884 <laughs> in the last 20 seasons when trailing by at least nine points with 35 seconds or less, right? Now, it sounds like a, one of those specific stats, like, oh, on a Tuesday night when he was wearing a blue shirt and, you know, uh, he didn't need and, and 10 seconds left in the game. You know, it's one of those crazy, like, hyper-specific stats. But, and I don't normally give a lot of love to those kind of stats because they're very specific and it really narrows down uh, the chance to do things like that. But in this case, 
we're talking about a stat that holds a record of zero wins and 13,884 losses in 20 seasons, right? So that's what made me want to bring this stat up, obviously. Um, sounds like a crazy specific stat, but then when you when you look at that record, uh, you know, him, him being the first to come back from that, that's a crazy stat in itself. Uh, but it's moments like these that are rough for the teams that passed on Luka in the draft. And it just goes to show how incredibly important it is to get the draft right. It sounds stupid. It sounds simple. And you're probably slapping yourself in your forehead thinking, Vic, what are you, you know, what are you? Obviously, you know, the draft night is super important. But, you know, I can't stress that enough. You know, the picks have to hit, right? Like you have to hit on your picks. It's just it's, you know, you make a mistake and I'm going to get into this, right? So DeAndre Ayton at the time was the consensus pick for most people, right? Obviously he went number one. Um, And, you know, at the time there were obviously plenty of Luka believers at the time, right? Luka's not some guy that like flew under the radar, right? This is a guy that definitely had some steam, right? Like, like he was picking up steam there. People had him number one on a, on a, on a lot of their own boards, um, you know, but no one was really uh, attacking uh, anyone for picking DeAndre Ayton, right? So, and then the Kings, right, have a chance to make a franchise-changing draft choice that'll go down as one of the worst of all time for the Kings. And they go with Marvin Bagley at number two. Uh, And you know how that went, right? But here's the part that always makes me cringe when I go and rewatch the first few picks of that draft. Atlanta Hawks at number three. And you know where I'm going with this, right? It was already, you know, they, they select Luka Doncic, but obviously... Uh, we knew that there was uh, there was already a trade in the works, right? Because of Woj at the time, just just completely, basically ruining the surprise element that that the NBA draft is really all about, right? So we knew that there was some something in the works between the Mavs and the Hawks, um, you know, and something along those lines, right? Like we knew a trade was was gonna happen or potentially gonna happen. So the Hawks had their eyes on another guy, right? Who they wanted all along, and that was Trey Young. And so Luca go, ends up with the Mavericks, uh, you know, a draft day trade that's forever going to be in conversation for as long as Luca dominates the league. And, you know, right now you're looking at the, the Hawks, Trey Young and the Hawks are 17 and seven. You're hearing rumors about how he possibly wants out of Atlanta. We're hearing rumors about friction with the head coach, Nate McMillan. And meanwhile, the Mavs are on a four-game win streak. They're climbing back up the standings, sitting at sixth in the West at 19 and 16. So these two guys will unfortunately be linked together <laughs> throughout the rest of their careers, right? As annoying as that might be for either of those two guys, it is what it is, right? And 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 we've and they're not the first two, they're not the only two guys that uh, that we talk about, you know, draft day, uh, maybe not. I, I wouldn't say mistakes because Trey Young has been has been an awesome pick for the Hawks, um, but it, you know it goes down as one of those trades that that I think everyone in the right mind would take back and and would rather have Luca uh, over Trey Young. So, you know, to be fair, obviously both Luca and Trey Young have made a conference final, but you have to think the Hawks would take that draft day trade back, right? And just take Luca if you ask them. Now I love Trey Young, but I'm always gonna draft the player that solves multiple problems and has the size to not only be to not be a complete liability on defense, right? Like Luca's not a good defender by any means, but he does have size and that's something that you can obviously work with whereas Trey Young 
needs to score the ball, right? Or, or he's just running laps out there because he's a flat-out traffic cone on defense. I mean, anyone can take advantage of Trey Young. And, and you know, you could say similar things about Luka. You know, he's not a, not a good defender by any means, but Luka has size, right? He has some length. Uh, you know, at the very least... You know, he, he can get in the way of some passing lanes. He, he can get down on the post and, you know, kind of bump up with a guy, right? So, it's it, you know, it, at least he has that going for him, right? I also don't want to take away from Trey Young's passing ability, right? Like, he's a great passer, so I can't ignore that. But Luka's going to rebound, and he's going to pass just as well, if not better, than Trey Young because of his height advantage, because he can see over the defense much easier. You know, uh, Luka's also just going to score much easier than Trey because he can just get inside, he can bully guys. Building around a guy like Luka is just a way easier task. And you add the fact that Luka doesn't need speed or athleticism to be the superstar that he is, you strike gold with your franchise player. But the popular statement you see everywhere about the Dallas Mavs still remains, right? It still remains. And that statement is... Luca needs more help, right? You see that everywhere. And the question is, though, who could they get to make it a championship run? Like, who is the help that would make this a realistic move to get them over the top, right? And so I start looking around, right? Because I want to see what people are generating online, you know, the trade moves, the trade machine, the cap space has to work, the trade has to make sense, because you could just go on and on and look at crazy trades that don't make sense. So I wanted to to go out and look for the ones you see the most, right, to get an average, right, to see the most realistic ones, and the ones that that actually are, are potentially uh, viable, right? Like, we're not going to do crazy trades, like, oh yeah, uh, trade for LeBron, right? Like, no, we're not trading for LeBron, that's you know, that's not going to happen. So we're going to go out and look for the realistic options here, right? So a big name I'm seeing out there in most places is DeMar DeRozan, right? So immediately I think to myself, okay, 20 plus points per game, veteran player. He can score for himself. That's going to ease the load on Luka. DeRozan already plays with Zach Levine, who demands the ball a ton, right? Has a super high usage rate. And so DeRozan would be able to fit with Luka's play style in that sense. Luka being a very high usage rate player, DeRozan can definitely be an off-the-ball guy, right? He, he, he can get comfortable pretty quickly. And so it's not a bad move, but, it, but is it something that would push the Mavs over the top, right? Like, like is it though? You know, if your answer is yes, then the next question is equally important. What would the trade even look like? Right? So here's what I've seen on the trade proposals that people have been creating to work from a salary cap and trade rules perspective, right? This has to make sense. So the Mavs would get DeRozan and Goran Dragic, right? Who, so we talked about DeRozan, but yeah, Goran Dragic obviously has chemistry with Luka from their national team play. It's another veteran. It's another guard that can ball handle, that can make big shots. He's a, he's definitely a clutch player. Now he's a shell of himself because he's a little, he's older, um, but he's definitely uh, he's definitely a solid role player you can have on your team. Um, and so we also have to, it's solid for the Mavs, right? So I think these two guys on the Mavs, solid. Uh, but let's look at what the Bulls get in this trade. So they would get Tim Hardaway Jr., who would be under contract for another two years. So, you know, that's that's a that's a rough one. But Josh Green, right? Promising young player. Frank Nilakina, meh. You know, 2025 first round pick. This is where the this is where the meat and potatoes is really. Like this is really what the Bulls are trading for. 2025 first round pick and a 2027 first round pick that's lottery protected, right? So if I'm the Bulls though, 
obviously what I want to do is blow the team up and grab as many picks as I can. Obviously, you see that here in this trade. But I would think I could get more for DeRozan, right? This guy finished 10th in MVP voting last season. And this season, he's averaging 26, 5, and 5, right? So he's a guy that can literally carry games for you from time to time and come up huge in clutch moments. The problem is obviously there's a very specific reason that a team would trade picks for DeRozan in the first place. He's 33 years old, right? So the ones that are looking to win right now are the teams that would trade for DeRozan. And then you have to add the fact that he also has to make sense on the team that wants to win now. Like, you know, you're not just going to throw him on any contending team and and assume the fit is perfect right like it also has to make sense so that also narrows the 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 search right the trade partner ability in this whole thing right so but either way right you would think you could get more for a guy like DeRozan at least I do at least I think so right so so that's one of those things right like yes it's a good fit for the Mavs it's not a bad trade for the Bulls but I feel like the Bulls could get better things uh, better, just just better assets for for DeRozan, right? Um, and another guy I'm seeing here on many places is Terry Rozier, right? So obviously, the first thing you think of is okay, yeah, sure, uh, a secondary ball handler, uh, a guard in the backcourt for offensive purposes. It makes sense. He's gonna score at a high clip. He's not gonna be afraid of the moment. Um, you know, this is a guy that probably wants out of the Hornets because he's he's been there for a while. He probably wants to win now. Um, you know, but defensively. It doesn't make sense, right? Now it's another liability. The team is going to be a little worse on defense, you know, and that could also be a problem. So I don't really like this one, right? But this is what the trade looks like, right? So the Hornets would get Davis Bertans, Dwight Powell, and a 2025 first round pick. So I'm thinking Davis Bertans, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, but Dwight Powell... I, I know that the main reason for this trade is that 2025 first round pick, but listen, Terry Rozier is a guy that averages 24 and 5. Like, I feel like the Hornets could do much better than just that 2025 first round pick. And I'm not just, I'm not saying, oh my God, the teams are going to be, you know, loading off their picks for Terry Rozier because that's not realistic either. Um, but I just think that if you get a pick, like, if you get one pick for Terry Rozier, you could probably get at least one other better player, right? Um, you know, and Davis Bertans and Dwight Powell wouldn't really cut it for me because they likely wouldn't be on the roster down the line. At least I wouldn't think so. Um, and so, you know, other than that 2025 first-round pick, it just it's a trade that doesn't make sense. But for the Mavs, you know, you're giving up a shooter in Davis Bertans who helps spread the floor, Right. And remember, Terry Rozier, yes, he can shoot threes, but he's a very streaky three point shooter. So now the spacing's a little wonky. You know, the depth at center is going to be shorter because, you know, Dwight Powell's gone as well. Um, you know, all for one guy who's going to get you buckets at a high clip. But now the team is less deep because you give up a couple of players. You gave up, obviously, a pick, which is something you're going to realistically have to give up in any of these trades. Um, and then potentially worse on defense. So I don't like this trade for either team, to be honest. So I'm scratching that one, right? I, you know, so, so that one to me, meh, right? Uh, now, what the Mavs really need is a two-way co-star for Doncic, right? But it's going to be hard because player-wise, it's not like the Mavs can trade just players and get a two-way star, right? I mean, two-way stars, I mean, two-way players alone are are very valuable, right? So so you're looking for a star, you're going to need picks, you're going to need players, and that's where it can get tricky. So this is when I come across this name, 
right? And this name to me makes the most sense out of any of these. And that's Pascal Siakam, right? He has the size, he has the length, he can score for himself, similar to DeMar DeRozan in that sense. Um, he can hold his own defensively, obviously. He can carry possessions on offense. He can flat out carry games, uh, just just with the scoring punch that he packs, right? He's really the perfect guy to put on these maps, but there's one problem. And I'm going to just read out the trade so you can see the problem. Uh, so the Mavs get Pascal Siakam. Great, <laughs> right? You get Pascal. Awesome. Uh, and this is what the Raptors get. Christian Wood, expiring contract, obviously. Potentially, maybe they sign him after. Who knows? Dwight Powell, solid center, right? Josh Green, promising player. So that's three guys gone, right? And these are three guys that, you know, they they do see some they obviously they're 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 role players on this team and Christian Wood very just has been great on this team, right? So you're losing some depth and here is the heavy load that you expect to be giving up for a guy like Pascal. 2024 first round pick swap, a 2025 first round pick, 2027 first round pick and a 2029 first round pick. So this is the trade you would expect to see. Right, if you're trading for Siakam, like I said, so you're gonna have to give up a ton, and you're also gonna have to be ready to pay, right? Because Siakam is is an expensive player, and so my main thought about any trade is, is it realistic, right? Like, is a player even potentially available? And I think for the right price, Pascal Siakam could be, because the Raptors haven't been what I've expected from them this year, right? Since I did the little breakdown for them, so you would think maybe. Just maybe, right? Some guys become available to move, you know, in that direction of, of the future rather than win now. And, you know, to me, this is a great trade for the Raptors because they draft extremely well. They're awesome at player development. They really make great use of their draft picks. So when I'm taking these trades into account, I'm not just going to give you a trade that works for the Mavs because that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. That That's literally a pointless exercise because it's not something that's realistic we can't just stockpile players on the Mavs and say yeah this is this is how the Mavs get over the top no you have to also take into account obviously it has to technically right technically have to be a win-win for both teams so um, I think that for a team like uh, like the Raptors who do so well in the draft who who really develop players well they're getting a ton of picks right? Um, and so you can also have an accelerated semi-rebuild because, you you know, you have Scotty Barnes, you have OG Ananobi, you have Christian Coloco, you know, you have like, you know, it's it's not, you, you have serviceable guys, right? Like, like a Fred Van Vliet. I don't know, maybe he's involved in these trades. Um, you know, there's, there's still Malachi Flynn, who I still believe in. You know, Gary Trent Jr. is there, obviously, Precious Achua, Chris Boucher. This isn't like some, some team full of nobodies. Like, these are all serviceable players on the Raptors. Um, and so, you know, the, the rebuild could be, it, it, it could, one, it could be a fun rebuild, obviously, but it'll be a pretty accelerated one because you have an established potential future face of your team in Scotty Barnes, right? Obviously, Pascal Siakam is the man on this squad. Um, but, you know, so the real question here is, though, would the Mavs make this move, right? The picks are going to be attached to every offer the Mavs make. And their only concern is win now, right? While Luka's under contract. So, but you're giving up depth. You're bringing in a big contract with Siakam. It's such a big haul for one guy. And we've seen trades like these in the past where teams just give up the, the house, for a guy and it doesn't work out right but this is Luka Doncic 
that we're talking about on your team. So if we can pair him with a superstar that's a two-way player, I think going for it isn't a total disaster of an idea. Now, if I had to choose between the DeRozan trade and this massive Siakam one, now I'm going to tell you right now, I would rather have Pascal Siakam than DeMar DeRozan uh, from an age standpoint, from a obviously potential window standpoint, right? You have a little more time to figure it out. Um, and, and Pascal Siakam is just a stud, right? Like he's a stud. Um, probably doesn't get talked about as, as much as he deserves to be. Um, and so I would probably choose, I would, I would go for the DeRozan uh, Dragic one simply because I'm getting multiple players back. Obviously, I'm getting two back right, which is what you're going to need down the stretch for depth, right, and obviously uh, what you need to give up wouldn't be as massive, right, obviously you're giving up less picks, it's not as big of a gamble, um, you know, and it could quickly fall out, right, like if you're giving up that many picks and you're giving up that many players also, you're getting one guy back, now you're in a situation where you're scrambling to find guys to, to help them, right, you kind of find yourself in a similar situation, um, and so I think having DeRozan as an elite shot creator in a slow paced game next to Luca that likes to play in the half court alongside Dragic with the chemistry, maybe coming off the bench, whatever it is, you can hang your hat on that. Right. And all of these are options and hypothetical ideas. But one thing is for sure. Time is ticking and the trade deadline isn't too far away either. Right. So the Mavs have crucial decisions to make as the season goes on. Now, before I end this episode, I want to let you guys know I'm going to be working on, I don't know if you guys have been watching them, but uh, the Zion video uh, has officially hit like 11,000 views, uh, so that's awesome. I don't know if you guys um, if you guys have been watching uh, any of those videos I've been dropping on YouTube. Um, the Giannis one's doing pretty okay, but I don't care about that stuff at the end of the day. You know, I have fun just making the videos, uh, but seeing the Zion one hit so many views, it was it was crazy to see that. Um, but yeah, I'm just making these for fun. Like I said, uh, mainly for the entertainment for you guys and for myself, I really enjoy making those videos. Uh, my next player is going to be Luka Doncic. I'm announcing it here. I announced it on the Instagram, uh, which is all things basketball pod. And yeah, I'm going to be dropping the link to the Giannis video, which is the most recent one I did. This is the all things basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.